headed to the 415 area code. That's right, San Francisco. And it is not going to be a treat to cover these guys top to bottom, but we're going to do it for you. So get ready. It's time for Dingers. This is Dingers. Way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Evan Longoria that wins these championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle without a child. Joined again by Robbie Baseball. What just happened, Robbie? You ready to talk some San Francisco Giants? I am ready to be done talking about some San Francisco Giants. But before that, I guess we need to start. <laughs> A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. I I open mine like a boob, so not it's, like a boob. How do you I, how do you say that? I, I mean that's just another pristine bourbon cork pop, though. So yeah, you're uh, sounding I'm good. Ha- I'm happy to take the the platform there. Um, we're talking San Francisco Giants, Robbie. This is the home of mediocrity, uh, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, I know you're drinking that Waterloo Dark over there, obviously. And you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sticking with Woodford Reserve, and we're kind of rolling down uh hopefully into a timeline where i might be able to cross the border and change in my experience around the single lanes of bourbon i'm allowed to to use in canada we're not allowed to leave our country we're not allowed to experience different kinds of bourbon welcome to canada yeah i i just want to be able to go and buy beer because i'm out and i can't go and buy beer until i'm out and i just i still own beer waterloo dark that i've been you know, drinking since November. I had a variety in November and now it's just the Waterloo Dark. Here, here I've got a solution for you though. Okay. Get some paper, write a different name and tape it onto your bottle. <laughs> Boom. Rob's beer. Ooh. Yeah. I do like to make a lot of things myself. Beer will not be one of them. Like yeah, I'm not right. going to enter that realm. I'm not interested. There, there are some, you know, craft breweries. I had a, an apprentice chef who uh asked if when i had my restaurant if he could you know in the off time come in and like boil things and use my pots and pans and he did uh hard cider and it was terrible but you know he was learning and that's cool but i've never i've never been interested nor do i hope i ever become interested in homebrew my uh mother and father-in-law they do the homebrew wine uh so that's that's their thing but you know we did a lot of homebrew in college and we hosted a lot of the like parties in our in our faculty and so we would pick up 10 15 20 kegs and there's zero percent chance we were rolling into the beer store and getting red flagged so we found a nice little small business that was happy to have us come drop yeast in cover their liabilities and let us walk away with this 
truckload of, of gags that we then piled into our basement. So that is uh, the way to do it. Yeah. 100%. You have to be the one that drops in the yeast and then, you know, their liability is gone. That's right. Yeah. And it was like elk head or something. Like it was like a moose head knockoff. It was hilarious. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> so moose head, great. A, a classier crappy beer in Canada in the green, the light green bottles. So absolutely. But, and it's a perfect segue into, yeah. Um, a team that passes themselves off as a major league team is San Francisco Giants. Now they surprised a lot of people last season with a mainly a breakout performance from from their three hitters. So Robbie, do you want to lead into the lineup? Or you want me to run with it? Uh, I'll yeah, I'll do the lineup. So leading off, this is we're going to assume bulk bats, which means typically against a right-handed pitcher. So Lestelle is going to lead off. New to the organization. Uh, but just he's hit, he's hit everywhere he's went. So why won't he continue to do it? And he's still on the West coast. Number two, Donovan Solano, right-hander. Now this is an out of nowhere guy coming from the Dodgers. This is what happens when you have too much talent in the organization and it bubbles over and an old exec steals one from you. Um, Mike Yastrzemski hitting out of the three hole, a lefty here. Then you've got uh, Brandon Belt backing him up. Belt had a decent year last year, which was nice to see. Hopefully he keeps that rolling. Buster Posey, lots of question marks about Buster. Is Buster going to be first? You know, that DH would have been nice for him, but it looks like he'll be catching this year out of the six spot. Sorry, the five spot. Alex Dickerson, um, the lefty is going to be coming in next at six. Then you've got Brandon Crawford, shortstop. Uh, then Mauricio Dubon looks like now he's going to be manning center field. So it's, I mean, it's not great, you know, with Yastrzemski and Dickerson left, right. And Dubon in center. That's, I mean, tell you've talked about before. That's a tricky outfield there. The lineup is not intimidating to look at. They will also face a lot of lefties this year. So that bench is going to be important. And for everybody who's interested, Darren Ruff uh, coming back from the KBO baby, uh, he has himself a shot with the team. Kirk Caselli as the catcher option there. Then they've got Austin Slater who could get some time. Now there's issues with Slater and then no DH and people have some promise with him. Wilmer Flores and Evan Longoria is on the bench because of La Stella. I don't know exactly how that's all going to work out, Ty, but either way, there's, there's some bench depth. It's just not fun for fantasy. Uh, uh, is there anybody here that you think could be like, surprisingly good all year no one here but i think triple a has a bunch of candidates so i'm going to go there because like there's a bunch of guys in that group that a lot of people maybe aren't aware of um there's a couple that are obvious ones that are, are very easily could push the envelope but uh we talked about jalen yeah. davis last season as a guy that has power potential to break out it still has a realistic shot now I haven't seen what he's done in the first couple of days of spring. So without taking a really quick look there, there's still a lot of question marks. He may have fell, fallen out of favor last year. So we'll, we'll assume he's not going to be a guy that matters. But you do have the obvious one that is in camp right now, and that's Helio Ramos. He's close, right? Like you, you might not see him to open for contract reasons or he's not ready reasons, um, but he's the – the top of the food chain guy that's probably going to land in triple A. I don't see him as a center fielder. I see him as a left fielder in San Francisco. Um, and, and the guy that I think is the one I really want to draw attention to came over from Minnesota last year, could potentially play center field, did play some center field last season, Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, this is a guy with multi-position eligibility first in center field uh, in your fan tracks league. So that's a guy that I'm paying attention to. I own in several spots. Who would be a really sneaky guy? 
got buried in Minnesota with their outfield cluster and is definitely a guy you should pay attention to in that roster. So between those those two guys, you've are three guys, and then you add Steven Duggar into that category, who is kind of in that same territory as Slater, just a guy uh, that never became more than what he could have been. He's just kind of what everyone thought he probably should have been outside of San Francisco organization. So that's the group I'm I'm looking at, Robbie, as as the ability to move it. Wilmer Flores is always just an, a forgotten soldier. Like he just kind of produces at a very average level. So if you're looking at injuries, he's probably going to be the guy that'll fill the infield. Evan Longoria is still there. I, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion. You get Tommy Listella at third. I, I, I think the likelihood of Listella playing second is probably the more reasonable scenario. I know everyone likes wants to fall in love with Donovan Solano. I, I will see, I would expect this team to open with Longoria starting at third and Listella starting at second. And I think it'll be their jobs to lose. I agree with that. Solano is just a bonus for San Francisco. So there's no need for them to continue to feed in until the season is rolling. But to start the season, you bring in a more established guy, somebody who should be able to do it for you. And and I'm going to really quickly, just because we don't want to, we really don't want to be taking too much time with San Francisco here, but there are three other outfielders that are further back within the organization. That's Hunter Bishop, the first round pick in 19. Uh, then you've got Alexander Canario, who's in and around most of the 100 top lists. Uh, could just be outside. He was a 2016 free agent. Ninth community. ranked prospect in this organization too, already. Yeah, which... Yeah, for yeah, I was just gonna say for a 20-year-old is saying some. And then you've got Luis Matos, who or Matos M-A-T-O-S, who came in last year, did a fantastic job. So just just some guys to have on the radar. Those are the ones who you're probably gonna know more about. But as Ty and I prefer to talk about guys that are gonna be coming up, you know, we want to catch the next wave of guys. So the starting rotation is probably um I don't know. Well, I'll tell you who they are. Ty, you tell me what they are. So you've got Gosman, Johnny Cueto, Anthony Descalofani. Alex Wood and Aaron Sanchez. That's your top five, all five outside the organization, different points in time. You know, you've got from 15 back when Cueto came over to what, two weeks ago with Aaron Sanchez coming back uh, and Alex Wood in January and Desclafani in trade in December. And then Gosman obviously was a trade through Cincinnati or something like what, or he signed as a free agent after a terrible end in 19. So that's the rotation tie. What are they to, to fantasy and dynasty owners? I mean, this is that fantasy lineup that like you, you build with to win a championship, right? Like this is not the one that you build your foundation with. This, these are those plus one pieces that you hit right on and win a championship, right? Like you look at a guy like Johnny Cueto, who is uh, half a season removed from an injury, but only a couple of years removed from being one of the best pitchers in baseball. So there's still some upside there. You know, we talked about John Lester earlier as a guy that's going to get it done. Like Cueto does so much stuff. He has so much movement. He has so much deception. He's the kind of guy that can succeed late in his career because he's a stuff guy and because he's creative and because he's touch and feel, right? You look at a guy like Jamie Moyer who had very little stuff at the end of his career, but had touch and feel and deception, right? I feel like Cueto could be a guy like that and a very affordable guy. Like if you're looking to add a last piece to your lineup to, to make a run, like that's the kind of guy I'm looking at. Uh, Kevin Gosman, I mean, somehow is the ace of the staff. He could not have landed in a better 
scenario than San Francisco. He's, well, he denied he, Toronto two years in a row, Ty. <laughs> which I'm fine with. Like, I, yeah. I don't think he's a good fit for Toronto, but I, I think he's a phenomenal fit for San Francisco. And I think that's the same for Aaron Sanchez. Like, Aaron Sanchez and Gosman are not that different of pitchers. Sanchez, given a uh, move back towards what he was pre-injury, like, if his, his the difference is, is Sanchez is Gosman with a better curveball, right? And so Sanchez very easily – in, in a shorter inning count could be the ace of his staff, right? Like as crazy as that sounds, like let's assume the injury stopped him from becoming that, but the, the, the talent our arm talent wise, he's the best pitcher on of these five at his age in all likelihood. Now well, Sanchez is the youngest as well. Sorry, Ty. He was, he was, he's 28. I think he'll turn 29 during the year. He was drafted as uh, the in 10, when everybody else like Disclafani, Wood, and Gosman were all 11 and 12, obviously Cueto was drafted earlier or signed earlier um, in March of 04. But Sanchez is like a wily vet. It's just been injuries, like mm-hmm. blisters, uh, shoulder, like the body won't let him do it. And now it looks like he's okay. So let's see what this year will bring. Yeah, like he's the kind of guy in your drafts, like you're not reaching for an Aaron Sanchez. You're just not. But if he falls late in draft and you're like, oh, crap, my guy's gone. I need a pitcher. Might not be a bad lottery ticket, right? Yeah, like, last guy on the road on your rotation, right? Yeah, and he's nothing but a lottery ticket. So do not do not look at him as a guy that's going to be a locked in stud. You're expecting a breakout. That's a bad decision. But he very easily could be a breakout guy, and and I like him for that. Desclafani is just he's one of those just middling middle of the road kind of guys. Like you're not going to get anything overly spectacular out of him, um, but you might get some good innings. Right? He might give you great depth to fill it in. And again, being in San Francisco as a pitcher that's middle of the road, like there's not a better situation in baseball than pitching in San Francisco. So I do like him given the ballpark to over uh, perform his ADP. Um, and, and that's kind of where I would put him as a guy that, again, not reaching for, but if he falls to the right part in the draft, I, I would get excited about him. Yeah. And uh, like, I mean, we know you don't like wood and I were just wondering what's going on. I think the more important thing with San Francisco is how is Tyler Beatty's recovery going? Am I right? Time? Like we are all wondering like when will the true like, ace be back? I feel like you beat that to death. No, it's still going. Yeah. No, be, like beat, beat it. To <laughs> oh, death. I, beat I beat it to death. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Inappropriate. Mitch. Mitch. Inappropriate. Uh, so speaking of depth in the organization, Logan Webb would be a guy you could We're look to. Con- today. There you go. Connor Mendez. Thank you for the spring training stat update brought to you by Ty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dednil Nunez is another guy. He's a rule fiver. I, I don't remember. Is he triple A rule five? Maybe he's he's was last year and now he's part of the, anyway, Shania Yamaguchi was also uh, given to San Francisco. So there is a possibility that he could somehow fit in this roster law, whatever it is. And we, we do know, I don't it was, think it's an if, no, I think he's going to. And I actually, I want to add something really quick on Sean, because I think do it. I, I think similar to the Godsman, like, or, or that's the funny kind of advantage to being in San Francisco. Like, yeah, uh, Yamaguchi's big thing's giving up the, the long ball, right? So, the like, park's gonna help that I'll, exactly. So, I actually think he could be a really sneaky pickup in San Francisco because everybody is assuming he's gonna be garbage like he was last season. But he, he showed signs down the stretch 
And what if you don't, again, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Like if you didn't watch the Jays play, you wouldn't see this. He got hung out to dry in a couple of the games where they were, it was out of reach and he had to pitch a couple extra innings that he probably shouldn't have based on where he was being stretched out to. And he got exposed. So I, I would watch for him to take advantage of an opportunity in San Francisco. Yeah. And to continue on guys who might take advantage, lefty 37 year old Scott Casimir coming out of indie ball and, and equal to him in oddness is Anthony Banda who a few years ago, 18, I think it was, was one of these like, Hey, where, where did this guy come from? And is he something? And then injuries happen and boom, he's, he's off the radar beyond that. It's, it's a bunch of guys who don't have clout. It's a bunch of guys who we're not sure on, and it doesn't mean they're not going to do anything. Now, when you go back even further in the organization, excuse me for prospects, like Nick Sweeney was drafted in the second round last year. He's, he's a long ways away, but that's kind of where you're going for this. You know, they've got like Juan Sanchez, a lefty 20 year old out of Venezuela way back as well. That's another guy that I like, but it's, it's not great. And we need to see results for this group of players in order to get a better a better idea as to what they have because when you're turning an organization around it's not just going to magically happen but when you do that when there's new management in town for only a couple of years as there is with san fran names can just be brought up to the bubble talk ty has talked about it before where you you advance a guy quickly because you want to see what he's doing you want to see if he's at his ceiling or if he's still getting better and that's where the San Francisco rotation is. It's it's very heavy on the Wiley vets. And as we just rhymed off, what, seven other potential veteran sort of guys, you know, 25 and, and older um, with some 30-year-olds amongst that, we're not expecting to see something crazy from them at this point. So um, sadly, Ty, the prospect part of San Francisco is still in its kind of true infancy. Outside a catcher, um, you got two good shortstops and Will Wilson, who was purchased uh, two years ago from the Angels where they took on a contract and, and basically got Will Wilson, the former first round pick from the Angels and Marco Luciano highly touted, you know, 2018 international signing. We know Luciano's not coming up this year. We know he's just getting hyped, but let's get the guy a stat line so that he can, you know, really have something behind him. Cause if you can imagine two years without a whole bunch of guys who were signed as 16 year olds, the value for dynasty owners is going to be high or very hard story to get them up any higher in rankings without some legitimacy behind it. And if we're seeing alternate campsite film or we're seeing something, that'd be nice, but we saw nothing last year outside of the Red Sox and a little bit of Seattle. So well, um, I, I will say this though, like as much as they're thin depth wise in the prospects, the, the top tiers of their prospects are solid, right? Yeah. Like yeah. They've got the- some like MLB coming for sure. Yeah. I agree. It's a, it's a good core to come up after this mediocrity floats through. So Joey Bart got a cup of tea last year, Patrick Bailey uh, drafted last year. Those are the two big catcher guys. And then you've got Logan Wyatt who is in camp right now. And he was a second round pick in 19. That's a, that's certainly somebody that we've got our eye on, but again, we want to see them report somewhere. We want them to get games like that. That's so important to us as dynasty owners. And then Ty has been talking about Connor Cannon for one and a half or more years uh, who was drafted late in 19 as well. And this is one of those guys that, you know, the club doesn't have a whole lot invested in him, so they can push him up. He's 22. I'll play this year at 23. Let's see what Connor Cannon can do. Well, in, uh, he's not in camp, unfortunately. In rookie ball though. And this is it like 13 bombs, 326, yeah. 1088 OPS. Like this guy's a, is a guy. 
Like you, you college need to know bat, about, right? Yep. Like he he was ahead of the curve when he signed. He came in, he did his thing, but where's that push to high A? Where's that push to double A? Like we well, need that, you know? Yeah, and I think you'll see it this year. I, I, there's nobody in front of him. There's no reason he can't be aggressive with a bat that's clearly ahead of rookie ball. Well, depending on what they want to do with Logan Wyatt, right? That's the only difference is that they're going to need to be at separate levels because they both need everyday at bats. Yeah, and, so, I, and I think you move Connor Cannon as the late round pick as opposed to Logan rushing Logan Wyatt. Right. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, if you're if you're debating between where one guy goes or the other, if your timeline's the same, uh, they're I think they're in the same birth year. It looks like they're about five or six months apart. So, but anyway, like there isn't a whole lot else to say about this organization. If you've got someone that you think we're missing out on, tell us. I know there were some J2 guys that, that signed um, lesser known guys. Go back and listen to our J2 episode. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Robbie baseball one, hit the podcast up at dingers pod, hit up Ty at tourney boss. Tell us who we're missing. We're happy to check the film where we're looking for guys. These well, are we the organizations the where they come in. Well, there's a reason. These are the guys that, that have, or sorry, these are the organizations that have the guys come out of nowhere, but we did the bullpen episode, but Ty, just for everybody who has not yet gone through it in detail, tell us what we need to know about. Yeah. Like, well. I think everybody has already decided that Reyes Montana is the closer. I, I'm going to make a push for Jake McGee as, I'm with as the closer. Um, Tyler Rogers is a serviceable arm. Um, and Jarlin Garcia, I'm going to throw as the wild card uh, closer. I, I think that's the one guy that I'm, I'm watching as a guy that could pop up and, and I'm going to second that from the left side with Wandy Peralta, right? Those are, those are a couple of lefties that, Four yeah, lefties like, in that pen right now. That's what it's this, looking like. This pen could be quite good. Um, and, and no one expects them to be good. You've got a pretty much a full roster of former starters, right? And we always talk about the quality of starters moving to the pen usually means they're eliminating their weakest pitch. So I always like those scenarios because the guy, the reason those guys don't survive in the rotation because they're just not quite there, but they're more than there at the at the bullpen. So paying attention to those guys, like don't pay what people are going to pay for Reyes Montaez as a guy or Montaez, Maranto. I'm close. I was close. I was not close for the record. Uh, you were Reyes, adding vowels. Yeah, it's like, I just want him to be Reyes Montana. It's just a great name, but he's not. It is so, good. Yeah, you yeah, should ask him. Would, yeah, do you mind just giving it a well, couple switches here? I'll give my quick two cents on this is that Jake McGee, as soon as he signed, I remembered back to Ty talking about it in 18, that once upon a time, Jake McGee was a dominant relief pitcher with Tampa. He then got traded to the park that kills pitchers, Colorado. And that's exactly what happened to Jake McGee. He then left free agent goes to LA uh, Dodgers win a world series. He's part of that. He's an important part of that bullpen, but he wasn't in that like, you know, last two innings with regularity to really be pinned on it. So when he moves to San Francisco, it's a little quiet, but the astute fantasy player picks up on this and says he went to what could be deemed a weak bullpen or vulnerable for closes. And, you know, in TGFBI where, you know, the, the NFBC industry draft that I'm doing, I am planning on taking Jake McGee well before his ADP, because I think that's a guy who can get 20 save opportunities. Now, does he close them all out? Well, that's up to him. And does it go from 20 to 35 opportunities? Well, that's up to San Francisco's ability to not screw it up and that rotation to not be hot garbage. Well, so I will I will say this, that you also have John Brebbia that's will join this roster in the middle of the season at some point as a guy that could disrupt the whole bullpen. Maybe, maybe the best arm coming off an injury. You never know what the recovery is. 
relievers tend to come back a little faster than starters. So we'll see. Um, him and BD are kind of on similar timelines, but just as a guy off the board to note. There we go. So it's not the most exciting team, but just like every other team, there are ways that you can pick away at a roster like this and find fantasy value, whether it's dynasty or keeper redraft. This is a good team to go through and to think to yourself, risk reward. And for a lot of these guys, it's going to be late in your drafts or um, very low acquisition costs for your dynasty leagues. So consider it, you know, but Aaron Sanchez is probably going to be owned by somebody who's very bitter. Um, I know I'm paying for him to be playing on another team this year, Ty, in one league where you traded him to me a year ago. And I didn't care. And now I just cut them. But that was the same with uh, kind of Falifa with Texas. I cut both of those guys. And uh, it was funny watching him uh, do good things early in the spring last year. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm done with him because I cut him in a league. Uh, but with, with Aaron Sanchez, I'd like him to come back. I'd love him to get 110 innings of decent baseball this year and set himself up for, you know, five or six year run, if that's possible for his body. But the rest of these guys, I mean, weigh your risk, right? Don't just go buy in here take a good look you know pick a pick a guy here a guy there and then move off the team because you're not going to want to sink your teeth into any organization and if you are you're not going to want one in, in a ballpark like this yeah i agree great spot to leave it the cole's notes are that san francisco is mediocre at best and until next time it's been tyler and rob on dingers this is dingers way more than fantasy baseball we keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park <laughs> let's see the stats what's the average draft position what kind of plays you making check the wins above replacement check the lineups and the points this i gotta see what's your path to victory are they aiming for a dynasty get points going head to head please don't do me no favors we're always watching waivers ain't no minor league this is major yeah dingers let's go